Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugged your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do? Tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone. A Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Conversations Against Living Miserably, a podcast where we try to find solace in a world where our brains are usually against us. My name is Aaron Gillis, and each week I'll be joined by... Me, Lauren Patterson. Each week we chat to a different guest about how they try and live their life without misery. But we try and do it with a little bit of laughter, because otherwise that sounds like a pretty gloomy idea for a podcast. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Dave, the TV channel, and Calm, the campaign against living miserably. Morning, and welcome back to a strange little podcast that talks about how life can sometimes be a bit miserable, but by talking about it and helping each other, we can get through this. Uh, sorry about the lack of episode last week. I was ill and didn't do it. I was going to come up with some sort of strange explanation, but no, that's the excuse I'm using. Uh, anyway, this week's guest is Sarah Keyworth. Sarah is a stand-up comedian who was nominated for the Edinburgh Best Newcomer Award in 2018 for her debut hour, Dark Horse. And Sarah is bringing her new show, Pacific, to the Soho Theatre in January 2020. So go get tickets now, or wait to listen to this and then go get tickets. Uh, whichever way you want to work, I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. Today we talked to Sarah about relationships, honesty, and worrying about everything. If you can like, subscribe, review, just let us know that you're enjoying the podcast, that'd be great. And if you're not enjoying the podcast, then shut up. Last bit of admin, as Christmas is around the corner, we know that uh, this can be a weird time of year for some people. And if you need help or you just need to talk to someone, the Calm helpline is free and anonymous. And for more information about Calm, you can go to thecalmzone.net or, uh, or type calmzone into Instagram or Twitter and you'll find them on there. Anyway, that's quite enough of me for the moment. Here is Lauren and myself talking to Sarah Keyworth. 
this week's guest is Sarah Keyworth. Hello, I just took a sip of coffee as you said that. <laughs> Sorry, it's uh, yes, start off awkward. That's yeah. the way to start it. When in Rome, <laughs> um, do as the anxious do. <laughs> the first question we always start with is, uh, when was the last time you felt calm? Well, I'm a bit worried about this question because you did this podcast with my girlfriend, Catherine, yesterday and she told me that you were going to ask this question and then she said, oh, what are you going to say? And I went, oh, well, you know, I think the last time I really felt calm was probably about, you know, uh, I don't know, like 10 years ago when I lived with my parents. And uh, and then she looked at me and I was like, what? And she was like, oh, I said when I was making dinner the other day. <laughs> and so and then she got annoyed at me because she was like, you can't say that because that seems like you, what you've not had a moment of happiness in our entire relationship. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's different. Yeah. And so I need like a clarification on what you mean by calm. Yeah. And also I should just caveat that I'm I am happy in my relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is it's, everyone's got a different definition of it, don't they? I think it's mm. kind of when we ask that question it it really does kind of evoke so many different reactions from people. But I think for me it would just mean contentment or just like not thinking about anything. I don't think I do that no. very often. Um and I can't I'm trying, trying to figure out a time recently where I can pinpoint it, but I find it very hard and I think actually I spent so many years feeling very worried about lots of things that now my life is more comfortable and I am more content and I'm happier, but my brain, my, my physical reaction hasn't quite caught up with it. Yeah. And so when I have days or even like hours where I can sit and be, I'm often worrying. We just went away for two weeks mm. and it was lovely. It was amazing. And I sat there reading a book and I sort of fantasized. I've not, I've not, not been away for two weeks since I was a child. Yeah. And I was reading a book and I'd have been thinking about it for ages being like, I'm just going to be so calm and content. <laughs> but I'm there and I'm reading a book and then my brain's being like, can we just talk about the emails that you've got sent when we get back? Because there some, there's some admin to be doing. Yeah. And do you want to just have a quick look in your inbox just to make sure that you... And I'm like, no, we're on the beach right now and we're supposed to be calm. Yeah. But then it's like, do you think maybe you should just check in with your agent to see whether or not anything's going on? And I just... um. I'm trying to be better at being calm. Yeah. But, yeah, and then, so we had this uh, this dispute last night where she was like, well, it just, it just makes it seem like I've not, I've not made you happy for any second ever. <laughs> and she was like, and I was like, well, but I don't understand. I, I was like, I don't understand the question. I've obviously misunderstood the question. <laughs> and she was like, like, I have moments of calm. Like, I have moments of calm when we sit and we, we like, on a Sunday and we get to watch the TV or when I'm making food or when we get into bed at night and I get to relax. And I'm like, really? Because when I get into bed at night, I think, wouldn't it be nice if I died? And yeah. Like, I yeah, no, I'm the exact same thing. My brain just doesn't yeah. stop. My brain is like, in order to get to sleep, I think about dying. And I spoke to a therapist about this once, and she was like, lots of people do that. It doesn't mean that it, it, we shouldn't panic about that. <laughs> That's sometimes people just think of it as quite a soothing thing. Yeah. And I was like, really? Because it feels terrifying. It, yeah, it's um, one of those yeah repetitive thoughts that you kind of go, yeah. this is very worrying, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is quite soothing <laughs> it is very soothing uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> just that finality of it when was the first time you became aware of mental health being a thing be it um negative or positive um ooh, that is a good question and i it just feels like that's an interesting question because it just feels like it starts happening doesn't it and suddenly you're like oh yeah no i feel somebody somebody at some point goes I have anxiety, and everybody else in the room goes, hold on a minute, actually, I think we all do, don't we? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very rare. You occasionally meet one of those unicorns that doesn't really have any 
massive mental health problems. Yeah. Occasionally might feel a bit worried about something, but it's quite <laughs> rational and something they should be worried about. And, and then it gets resolved and then they feel fine again. My cousin's one of those. He mm. ju- he's just a complete solid entity the entire time. He worries about things he should worry about and then he doesn't worry about other things. And we're very close and we hang out quite a lot. Mm. I'm, I'm worried a lot about yeah. everything. And he's just there, just sitting there, just drinking his coffee, just being. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, can't you see that the, the world is burning and there's a possibility that you might have lost your keys? Like, <laughs> you don't know. Did, did you leave the iron on? He doesn't iron his clothes, so maybe that's it. But <laughs> anyway, now I'm just slagging my cousin off. Um <laughs> I think the first time that I really had any like awareness of mental health, my grandmother passed away when I was like 14 and my mum was really sad. Mm. And so I think we'd heard about like depression on the grapevine through media and film <laughs> and television. It was this big sort of like, it seemed, seemed like a fictional thing. And then suddenly it was in the home and suddenly you're like, oh, that's the thing that people I know can do. Mm. It's like when I found out I was gay. I was like, hold on a minute, real people do that? <laughs> So, like, yeah, that was probably my first experience with it. Mm. Um, and it was quite scary. And also, I very much was like, okay, it's a thing that you have, but let's let's cure it. Yeah, it's that kind yeah. of, we, if there's something, they can just turn it off and it'll yeah, be absolutely yeah. fine. Let, and you realise... There must be a cure. Yeah, everything has a cure. Everything exactly. can be fixed. Well, let's just fix you up and then you'll never have to deal with it again. <laughs> and we can prevent it because, it, you know, now we know. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just kind of telling you that you have to, mm. well, you, 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 some people obviously kind of go out of it, and some people kind of up and down and learn to recover in different ways. Yeah, and that it's an it's an ongoing in the same way that you maintain your physical health, yeah. your mental health is something that you should be constantly paying attention to and caring for, and making sure you're getting up out of bed and going for a walk. And I mean, my my family are very good with mental health. And is it a conversation that you've you can quite openly talk about with them? Yeah, with my mom in particular, mm. she's she's very good at talking about things like that. She, I mean, at the time, I think it was all so. I mean, she had two teenagers in the house, and her mother had just died. So I think that was um, that was not the ideal time to be having chats. Yeah. Uh, but now that my brother and I are adults, we are very much able to discuss mental health openly, and and even if we're not the best at kind of talking about our own feelings, mm-hmm. we're very good at kind of talking about things generally. Yeah. Um, making sure everyone is okay. <laughs> yeah. And how did you find it? Because, like you said, we've we've had Catherine on the uh, the podcast. Mm-hmm. How do you guys find it? Obviously, because Catherine has OCD and you have like um, anxiety. And mm-hmm. uh, how do you guys do? You support each other quite well, or is there are there moments where it can be quite difficult and you kind of are kind of bashing heads almost? Or generally, we do pretty well, mm. I think, because we've gotten very good at taking it in turns. Nice to have. Uh, meltdown. Uh, <laughs> we've got a real nice rhythm where you check the rotor and you see whether or not it's your day. Yep. No, I think we do quite well actually. We're quite good at communicating with each other and explaining to each other how we're feeling. And we have like a little kind of shorthand, which is if like if Catherine turned to me one day and said like I need you to be big right now, then I know that that means that she is not doing well, and yeah. I just have to kind of take the reins a little bit, which is just a really useful way of just kind of being like, hey, I can't actually go into what is happening in my head Mm -hmm. but I just need you to not question it and make sure I'm okay Mm -hmm. which is nice so I think we do all right and we have kind of ways of you know the things that we sort of like go-to things that can soothe each other oh hello hello hey welcome Lauren's here (laughs) how are you doing you're right I'm good yeah (laughs) my driver wanted to chat 
Oh dear. And I did not. Oh, no. <laughs> oh god, I hate it when they want to chat. No. It's the beautiful thing about being an anxious person is not being able to tell other people that yeah. you don't want to be part of this conversation mm-hmm. and then you just end up getting into the most ridiculous situations because of it. It's like politeness to the extreme where oh, it's yeah. so painful. There was a thing on Uber, I can't remember if it was true or whether it was just a thing people kept saying where there's like a feature where you can say like I don't want to chat or something. <gasps> mm. oh, but yes. I and like I was hearing stories of people like putting it on during a ride and I was like there's absolutely Absolutely no way that like a man would be like talking to me like in the middle of a sentence, and then I hit a button on my phone, and he has to because yeah. of what I've done. Go well, okay, right. <laughs> and just stop speaking. Like that's worse than just struggling through a an awkward conversation. Really yeah. is. Yeah. How are you, Lauren? I'm good. <laughs> it was that idea. awkward thing where I was like. I'm not sure what point of the conversation we're at. <laughs> yeah. I'll, um, I'll, I'll give you highlights. Cool, do that. Um, Brilliant. Because you had Catherine on yesterday, oh, yes. uh, she told me about the calm question, and then I told her what my answer was, and then we had a row. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, because I said that the last time I think I felt calm was probably about 10 years ago when I lived with my parents. But only because I should explain this, basically. I think that's the last time that I've had an extended period of feeling completely like relaxed for like a few days. Yeah. Like like no kind of anxiety, no responsibility, nothing pulling at me. Just like mm. I don't have to do anything right now. Whereas like when I moved to university, I didn't enjoy university. I was very unhappy there and it was very uncomfortable. I think that's when my kind of period of just being very anxious and feeling quite displaced started. And now, Catherine... I am happy in our home <laughs> and I feel safe and comfortable and that is a lot to do with you but I don't think my brain and my body is quite caught up with the fact that we are happier and safe. Yeah. And it is just it's a habitual thing as well. If you spend so many years with your brain just functioning at hundred yeah. like all the time, all the time, even if you are like happy, mm-hmm. your brain is still in the background That's making the, the weird little I think noises. You can be you you don't have to you can be happy but still be a bit agitated. Absolutely, yeah. couldn't agree more. Thank you. It's just the natural British state, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Happy, but agitated. <laughs> Do you get really easily agitated? Yeah, I'd say so. But I get worked up. I, like, I don't have a particularly um, practical brain. Mm-hmm. And I'm not very good at problem solving. And so I can get worked up quite quickly about things when I can't see the way out or the answer. And then I just sort of start to, to panic. And I think I worry about most things all of the time. Even, like, like gigs. Like, I just, like, I have a gig tonight. So like a little part of me is like, ah, worrying about, even if it's a gig that I've done a hundred times, if I don't have to be somewhere, the the calmest I can put myself is like, if I I don't have to leave the flat all day Mm. and I don't have to go anywhere or do anything or speak to anyone, then I feel reasonably calm. But then I will also be aware that I probably have to go out tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I think I am very good at just worrying about the next thing that's going to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a nice thing. I'm like, okay, but I have to, there are things, like, I go through the things that I have to do in order to get it there, yeah. get out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> and are there any things you do on a kind of day-to-day basis to kind of bring yourself back down from that kind of worrying headspace, especially around gigs and stuff? Or is gigging one of your spaces where you can just kind of... Um, I'm, I, I've gotten into a kind of routine where I, even if I'm worrying about a gig and I'm feeling anxious about a gig, I know that I will go and I will, once I'm on stage, I'll be fine. Mm. And then I do have, I think I have a, probably... 
20 minutes of calm after walking off the stage. There's nothing better than finishing a gig. Like, oh, yeah. And just like that moment where you walk off the stage and you're like, nobody's going to make me do that again for the next five hours. <laughs> it's just, so that's nice. It's that moment of, oh, okay, that went, that happened and that did not go terribly. Yeah. And yeah. you get to walk away and leave the venue. I love it when they have a back door. Oh, yes. Oh, God, it can't be a back door. Oh, you famous people There's with your back There's nothing worse than having yeah. to leave through the audience. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Because that's when you hear things. Yeah. <laughs> Whether or not they liked you or they didn't, they will talk to you. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they'll look at you and, and it's sometimes you have to leave with another comedian who they liked more oh. and then you stand next to that comedian whilst they compliment them and then they go, well done <laughs> to you. You were brave. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming. And then your soul crumbles a little bit. Yeah. Because they didn't have to say anything. Mm-hmm. You were enjoying them complimenting the other person. The delusion in your head that maybe they just didn't recognise you as the person that was on stage. Uh, I'm shorter in real life. Yeah, exactly. And I've, I've put my coat on now. And then they look at you and go, thank you. <laughs> Have <laughs> ever heard about my worst death at a gig where they asked if I wanted to leave through the back when I came off? <laughs> that is how you know you have done bad. Yeah. It was horrendous. And it, again, it was one I would have had to leave through the audience and they were like, would you like to leave through the back? And Amazing. I was like, yes, please. Oh, man, I have, I've taken some risks with some fire doors in my time. And I'm like, I don't know, this is alarmed, but I'm, take, I'm risking it. <laughs> I did a talk the other day and a woman came up to me afterwards and said, I've read your book, it was fine. And I I didn't know how to react, so I just walked off. (laughs) I was just like, I didn't know what to say. Um, It's like, is that an insult or a compliment? compliment. I I can't really tell. I feel hurt. Yeah, (laughs) my soul. It's a complete indifference. That's what it is. It was was fine. (laughs) But she read the whole thing, which is Yeah, but maybe she was angry about having to read the whole thing. Oh, do you think she's one of those people that can't not finish a book? Yeah, I'm one of those people. Are you? Yeah, even if I hate the book, I have to finish it. I'm not. Even if it takes me three years, I'll get to the end of that fucking book. I love commitment. In everything in life, if I'm unhappy, I will not see it through. <laughs> I will bail fast. You <laughs> were How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Not you, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> How was doing coach trip? Because oh. I've been watching you on that. And I was like, Wait I would be so... Because we're all quite anxious people. <laughs> I can't imagine being on like a bus with a bunch of... Because a lot of them knew each other, didn't mm-hmm. they? Which I think is what I would feel. Like poor Cleopatra, who were left out with a clique. Yeah. I was like, that's how I would feel. Like, oh my God, they all know each other. They're all like reality TV stars. And I'm not cool. I'm just a comedian. I descended into... like I, I, I formed a sort of weird cocoon around myself where I could cope during... <laughs> the days uh-huh. that very first day so um the first day we received the uh the first yellow card which means that you are the least popular couple on the coach oh. um on day one on day one <laughs> um and i was fi- the whole record like all the filming was fine completely fine uh got back to my hotel room called Catherine, and was like i have made such a fucking mistake here this is terrible i was like they don't understand me they don't get me. The boys don't understand what I am. The girls are like, we don't think she's one of us. <laughs> like, they're all kind of like, "What? how do we speak to it? Like, it was so horrible and intense and all these people kind of showing off. And I lived in such a bubble mm. of people in comedy that everybody's a weird misfit. Mm-hmm. And so it's just misfits together. And I have a lot of, like, people who experiment with gender. And I have, like, my boys who are all female. And, like, we hang out and they we get each other and it's not a question it's not a conversation and then mm. suddenly I was thrown into this very like binary very like lads lads girls girls mm. situation and it was like like I, I was feeling anxiety I hadn't felt since I was like 18 years old mm. and freshest week of university mm. I was like oh my god I don't I don't know if I can I don't know if I'm gonna make any friends here and I don't know if, yeah. if this is this might be a very embarrassing mistake. And it's um, that pressure to make friends, uh-huh. isn't it? Like, that's yeah. literally the whole thing of You're the show is, like, filmed. being popular. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. filmed socialising. God, um, I can imagine anything fucking worse. Uh-huh. I'm watching it back, because I, I don't know whether I sort of just, like, repressed all of the memories, but I can't remember anything that happened <laughs> at all. And I'm now watching it back because Catherine is obsessed with reality TV and is enjoying every minute of it and, make, <laughs> and makes me watch it. And I'm really proud of myself because I just didn't change. Yeah. Like, I didn't change who I was, which I think is really was exciting for me because when I was at uni, I did. Mm-hmm. I tried to be the same as everyone else. I tried to be feminine and girly and straight and all this stuff. And then in Coach Trip, I was me. In fact, there's a on the second day, the morning after we get our first vote, there's a clip of me being like, I think somebody asked us what our game plan was. And I'm like, be exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to any criticism. <laughs> And just carry on as usual. <laughs> um, 
I'm, I was really proud of myself yeah. that I, uh, in uh, eight years since I graduated. <laughs> yeah. I managed to figure out how to just be myself regardless of whether or not reality TV stars like you. Exactly. It's a classic problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just that, that beautiful thing of not letting other people influence who you are. Like When I was younger, I was a mixture of about nine different personalities that I picked up from oh, all my yeah, friends. Yeah. I wasn't myself at all. Mm-hmm. I don't think, probably still not even there at the moment, to be honest, but with the moment you figure out your own personality and who you are, yeah. fucking stick by it. You don't have to kind of give it up for anyone, no matter the, their yeah. opinion. And in the last, ugh, I guess, like two, three years, I've found myself, I mean, I've lived in London five years and I found living in London really hard for mm. the first few years and then the last two, three years I've found an area that I like and a, a house that I like and I'm happy in my relationship but I also have a friends and a group of people around me like I have, a, I have a life that I feel comfortable in and so two weeks on that couch I was able to just be like okay yeah, but this isn't this isn't real yeah. even though there were points at which it felt very real and it was like I mean, there was like talking to Catherine about it. She was like, "You you couldn't talk about anything else. You you would call me in the evenings, and and often, I would be we would be filming from seven thirty in the morning till like eleven at night, and then we'd have to be up down. And they'd film you getting your breakfast at mm. seven thirty the next day. So I would call her at like quarter past seven every morning, and she'd be like, "You didn't ask me a single question about my life <laughs> for two weeks. You didn't ask me how I was. You didn't like anything could have been going on with me because you were so in this." bobble mm. of ridiculousness she'd go hey how are you and i'd be like well i'm fine but cleopatra and yona said this thing and like <laughs> it's just ridiculous like vicky patterson has said it and like and she was like i don't care <laughs> <laughs> and so i'm glad that regardless of what it seemed and what i was doing my saving grace was to be like yeah but this is not your real life mm-hmm. mm. and you have a job and a family and friends they know you and they get you and they like you and that's yeah. going to be fine this yeah. is a two-week fever dream uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's absurd. And I think at one point I said to Francis, who was my partner on the show, I was like, I feel like I've died. And my purgatory is standing on a beach with so solid crew voting each other off. And I don't know what that means, but that's how I feel. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, We've got about five minutes left if you want to... uh, Do you want to do a quick game and then the last question? Yeah. What is more awkward, when your taxi gets stuck in traffic and you are 10 minutes late to the record, or when you cannot find your notebook and you're already aware that you were 10 minutes late and should probably... Where the fuck is it? <laughs> the thing is, people... It just starts to escalate as well. Like, like oh, my taxi was late this morning and I was stood waiting for it and I was looking at my phone because my agent was texting me the details and then a man walked by and shouldered me in the head oh. and I looked up like, why did you do that? <laughs> And he just looked back at me, and I thought he was going to be like, oh, sorry. And he went, that's a stupid place to stand. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and I, I got so mad that I shouted back. I was like, that is totally on you, mate. <laughs> Amazing. Set the tone for the day. Know, yeah. I don't know who I was being in that situation, but I was so angry about it. <laughs> livid. Anyway. This is my anxiety would you rather. So it's like two sides of the same coin. I'm just going to pick one because originally I was like pick a number between 1 and 20 but then the more episodes we've done it's become increasingly difficult to keep track of numeracy Uh, (laughs) so would you rather arrive alone to a place where people are so like you're arriving on your own but people are already there or would you rather be the first one there and wait alone for people to arrive oh Jesus oh no I've done it again Um, every time every time Um, I think I'd rather arrive alone 
because the way my brain works is that I would I would feel like an absolute loser and that everyone it depends who it was I was meeting for starters can I ask who I'm meeting um it's a general party is it like you can tell I don't go to many parties (laughs) a generic it is a nice party yeah Yeah. um like good friends or like work friends one of those ones where it's like a mix so there's like people you know and people you hate okay I would think I would feel like a big loser <laughs> if I was the first one there yes. sat waiting. And then also suddenly I start to panic where I'm like, what if I'm in the wrong, wrong place? place. Mm. Or what if someone turns up and sees me sitting here and they're like... <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'd rather arrive alone and then have to like meet people because what I can do is skulk around the edges, mm-hmm. find someone I know, and then uh, do what I often do, which is drink to feel calm yes <laughs> that is my one yeah if you could go back to your younger self and give yourself some advice on mental health and living without misery what would you tell yourself don't grow your hair don't date your <laughs> <laughs> please cut that out I will. <laughs> oh my fucking god if they ever listen uh, one of them terrifies me um, don't just date people because they're there. There are so many gay people in the world, all right, that you don't have to date women just because you're scared you won't meet any other gay women. And also, just just carry on being a weird little boy. Um, stop. Just take the skirt off. You're embarrassing yourself. Nice. I like that. Thank you so much. Yeah, Cheers. We we'll hope you can take something from this podcast away with you in your day-to-day life. Whatever situation you're in, you're not by yourself. We can share our stories, share our experiences. We can help each other know that things do get better. Well, hey, that's us done. Another episode complete and a short but sweet one this week. And I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Don't forget you can see Sarah live this upcoming January 2020 at the Soho Theatre. And you should because she's brilliant and her show is utterly fantastic. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you to Dave and Calm for helping us make this podcast. Thank you to Sarah, obviously. And thank you to Lauren for putting up with me uh, for all these episodes. Yeah, sorry about that, Lauren. Thanks for doing it. And uh, have a lovely Christmas. We'll see you a lot in the new year. And until then, bye, 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 bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Would you give your mum, dad, aunt, or that uncle who hugs your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos, and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do, tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I don't want this one. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum, Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell, and dad, Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone, a Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. <laughs> 